Another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast where we talk about all things from the solo years. And of course, sometimes Beatles show up a little bit too. Uh, we have got a jam packed show tonight where we are talking about probably the thing everybody's talking about right now the Flaming Pie box set, which Tom is showing off right now. We are going to dig into this. We are going to talk about the highlights of the box set, things that maybe we didn't like quite as much, uh, we'll talk about the packaging, the contents, uh, everything. And as always, we want to know what you guys think too, whether you're watching this live, whether you're watching the replay, uh, YouTube, wherever you are, uh, we definitely want to know what you think. So we've got a lot to get to tonight. So before we, uh, we start, um, I will want to introduce myself and my esteemed colleagues here. Uh, my name is Kid O'Toole. I am the author of Songs We Are Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles, Lesser Known Tracks, as well as Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop. I am also a contributing editor for Beatle Fan Magazine, and I write for a variety of sites on the internet. Um, so let me introduce, he is the... Uh, the host of a very popular YouTube channel where he shares his adventures in uh, collecting and uh, and also uh, you know sprinkles a bit of comedy in there as well. You oh, know yes. him uh, as you have a good amount of comedy in there and it's great. You know him as Mr. Mayo, uh, but we just call him Joe Mayo around here. So Joe, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, kid, and it's it's a beautiful night for me. Beautiful night for love. <laughs> That's right. So I, I hope it's, hope you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> doing doing great, Joe. Good to see you. Um, and then we have uh, someone that really doesn't need that much of an introduction. He has been a fixture in uh, the Beatles world for a long time. He is the host of the syndicated radio show, Every Little Thing, where he plays just about that. Every little thing you can imagine in Beatles and solo years. And he always uh, has a theme um, for every show that he, he organizes uh, the music around, which is really, uh, really, really inventive. He always comes up with a great theme. Um, and as I have said over and over again, he is a walking encyclopedia of chart knowledge. Okay. <laughs> hard to stump, it's hard to stump this guy. <laughs> and so, so everybody say hello to Ken Michaels. Ken, how are you doing tonight? Good. Hi, guys. And actually, hey, Joe. Hey. 
Jill, I can top you on what you just said because, and I'm not making this up, this is true. Okay, I'm not kidding. Yep. I live in a town called Milford, Connecticut in an area called Devon and it's peaceful like Devon <laughs> and it's a Monday. How do you like that? Oh, that's good. That's Did good. we time this perfectly? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I see what you did there, Ken. And, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, he is the co-host of the popular podcast and now video cast, Two Legs, which tells you everything you need to know about the Paul McCartney uh, uh, catalog and uh, and. Also, other things you may not know about Paul McCartney, about uh, you know his film career, all different things. Um, say hello to Tom Hanyati. Tom, long hey, Tom. time no see. Oh, How's it Thomas. going? Aloha, everybody. And uh, it's been definitely been having a lots of great days with this beautiful souvenir. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be getting into it real soon. Well, we know you got the set. We know you got the set. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and be prepared for a lot of puns tonight, folks. Mm. I think there's, I think that's safe to say. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, welcome, one and all. So, before we get to our main topic tonight, as always, Ken, what uh, what news do you have for us? Well, once a pun a long ago, uh, I will start with. Um, oh boy, to be a night. That was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. In continuing, in continuing with more bonus material to come from the Flaming Pie box set, Paul McCarty has made available on his website a free download for the song Calico Skies. And this was taken from the In the World Tonight campfire scene. Actually, it's a little bit different because mm -hmm. if you've watched In the World Tonight, it goes back and forth between Paul's performance at the campfire to the studio with him right. and Linda then back to the campfire this is just all at the campfire and you can hear the fire embers you know uh the sound right. of that yeah. so uh all throughout the performance and um in the last uh two weeks in addition to that there was an instrumental version of broomstick that was available through rolling stone magazine this is a song that paul recorded with uh, steve miller and it's just the instrumental backing of the song Okay. Also, there was a new video for the song Little Willow, which premiered on YouTube last Friday at noon. Not new. It's in the box set, right. but it's nice that it premiered on YouTube. It just looks nice. Yeah, and it's an event. I like the fact oh. that they make it an event. They do a countdown to it and everything, and a lot of people mm -hmm. are watching all at the same time. Uh, you can find, I know a lot of people know about this, it's a brand new, excellent interview with Paul and the new September issue of British GQ with photography from Mary McCartney. It's a very candid interview in which Paul revealed that he has used his time during the COVID-19 crisis to write and record new songs. Best news of all, okay? And you know, I didn't know that. And I heard know about the article, but I didn't know about it till tonight. No, oh, okay. I, I didn't read it yet. It was spread a lot on Facebook, you know, yeah. a lot of people are aware of it. It's really good. Um, he told GQ, what he's been doing while isolated. He said, I've been able to write and get into music, starting songs, finishing songs. I like having stuff to do as it keeps the brain busy. And on top of all my projects, I've had the luxury of just being able to sit down and write songs for no reason, which is great. It keeps me off the streets. <laughs> like I said, 
McCartney three is coming. Right. Yes. December. Here it comes. You know, McCartney, 1970, first album. McCartney two, 1980. We're waiting 40 years for McCartney three. Come on. You can do it, Paul. Right. It is one of the better interviews out there that I've seen in recent years with Paul. Uh, you know, he, he does get into a few things and in, in especially talking about uh, the Alan Klein situation right. and, you know, the breakup and, you know, and how, you know, how he felt emotionally over it and, and how he recovered from all of that stuff. So, it, I mean, it is a pretty telling interview and it's well worth the, the read if, uh, if you can find it online or if you're lucky enough to uh, purchase it. Yeah, you just feel like he's so open and honest about everything. It's just so refreshing. You know, it's not, he's, he doesn't, I don't feel like he's holding back anything when he talks. Um, when asked if he would consider playing Las Vegas like Elton John, Paul said, that's where you go to die. <laughs> now that I think that I heard, was that from that? Was that from yeah. that? Uh, yes. Oh, that I heard about. Yeah, good for him yeah. on that. He said, nothing attracts him about the idea of playing there. You know, Ringo was asked the same question years ago and he said he was considering it yeah not that it'd be ashamed of i think it has more to do with if you're getting tired of traveling so much you know yeah. you're up there in age it can wear you out nothing wrong with staying at the same area right also flaming pie is now the number 14 album on the official album charts in the uk although it not hasn't bad. appeared it hasn't appeared on the u.s charts yet okay according to the liverpool echo the University of Liverpool will name its new teaching and performance facility the Yoko Ono Lennon Center. Work is underway for the center, which is expected to open late next year, costing 22 million pounds. The new facility will house the Tongue Auditorium. That's a 400-seat state-of-the-art performance space. And the Paul Brett Lecture Theater, the largest purpose-built lecture space on campus. This is all part of a significant step towards realizing a dream of providing for the Liverpool City region. Very happy to see Yoko Ono recognized for so much uh, support that she has given to the city of Liverpool. Yeah, and I, yeah, it is nice, but I can see her getting bashed for her name being first on this for some reason, you know, there's people out there that, you know, so why does Yoko have to be first? Why can't it be John and Yoko? You know what I mean? So, hmm. It's unfortunate, well, but you know, stuff like that happens. There's so much that goes on that we don't even know about that right. where Yoko donates money to Liverpool mm -hmm. and the yeah. Beatles and their families too. It's right. only whatever gets publicized that we find out about. But there's a lot that goes on that we never even hear, you know? And Yoko has done quite a lot for Liverpool. Yeah. And especially considering too, uh, it, during all those tough times in, in the sixties, uh, when she was first with John and all, mm. had a hard time from, from England. Most the press them. treated her horribly, you know, and, and John and Yoko talked about that a lot. Yeah. As we mentioned on our last show, there was a special on the AXS TV channel of Nuno Betancourt and Friends, Nuno known for being a guitarist in the band Extreme. And one of his guests on the show was Julian Lennon. The two of them performed Radiohead song Karma Police. And if you haven't seen it yet, you can catch it on YouTube. Really great performance, and Julian's voice is fantastic. <laughs> it's a, it's incredible, and I'm not a big Radiohead fan, but yeah. I I really I yeah they they were incredible, and and Julian's voice just matched that song perfectly. Mm. I, I I was very impressed. Even if you're not a big fan, chances are you've heard that song. Yes, it's one of their most well known songs. 
Also, Amazon is listing a Ringo Starr and his all-star band CD coming out on September the 11th from Chicago's Rosemont Theater from August of 2001. The lineup included Sheila E., Roger Hodgson, Greg Lake, Ian Hunter, and Howard Jones. It's my favorite lineup of all the all-star bands. Really? It's being issued on the Grayscale label, but this is actually a reissue of a mm. King Biscuit Flower Hour live CD from Ringo and the All-Stars that first came out in 2002. So if you didn't get it then, here's your chance now. Okay, coming out September the 11th. The band Jiva, that one time recorded for George Harrison's Dark Horse Records, have released their only album on Dark Horse, the original, on the group's Bandcamp page. The quartet came from Bernardino, California. The site says the album was originally recorded in 1972, which is an error. It was recorded in October of 1974 and released in 1975. Their page says, thanks to the generosity of the George Harrison estate. It was released on July the 21st this year, and it's available for streaming and to purchase as a download in 24-bit 96K high resolution. Thanks to one of our viewers, Tom Brennan, for that information. So for those of you who want to keep up on Dark Horse artists, I know there are plenty. Um, that's out there. The, the uh, only album that Jiva made on Dark Horse. A new book is coming out on February the 9th called The Beatles 100, 100 Pivotal Moments in Beatle History by John Borak, whose name you might yeah. be familiar with because he's a contributing editor for Goldmine Magazine. He's also the author of Shake Some Action, The Ultimate Power Pop Guide, released in 2008. Also, John Lennon, Life is What Happens in 2010, and Shake Some Action 2.0, a guide to the 200 greatest power pop albums from 1970 to 2017. John's new book tackles such questions as, was John Lennon meeting Paul McCartney more significant than John meeting Yoko Ono? Kind of a subject we tackled here on this show. Yeah, you did that. It was more important in John Lennon's life, Paul yeah. or right. Yoko. Rubber Soul or Revolver? Which <laughs> Wings album was Paul McCartney's solo pinnacle? I don't know why he's saying Wings. I differentiate solo with Wings anyway. Uh, the book will be released on Rare Bird Books. You can pre-order the book at this website, rarebirdlit.com. All right, a few more things. Terry Crane's recent book, Nems in the Business of Selling Beatles Merchandise in the U.S. 1964 to 1966, is being released in a second edition with over 700 images, mostly in color in the book, and with 12 new pages to the now 250-page book. It's now updated and edited to give you the most up-to-date information about Beatles collectibles that came out here in the States during those years. The book is now available through Amazon, Barnes and Noble and the tradition.com website. And sad to report on the passing of Wayne Fontana, who along with his group, the Mindbenders were part of the British invasion, scoring a number one hit in 1965 with Game of Love. The Mindbenders were part of a lineup of artists that performed at the NME Poll Winners concert in 1965, along with, what a lineup, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Kinks, Animals, Donovan, Moody Blues, Herman's Hermits, and others. The other major connection between the Mindbenders and a Beatle was one of the members of the Mindbenders was Eric Stewart, who went on mm. to join 10CC 
and then work with Paul McCartney for his albums, Tug of War, through Press to Play. Wayne Fontana died from cancer. He was 74. If you ever get the chance, I know I mention YouTube all the time on this <laughs> show, but that enemy concert's there in, in total. You can see all those acts. Wow. It's a great concert. The Beatles were on fire in that oh, show. Great, they were great, very yeah. confident. Yeah. <laughs> they very were, confident. You know, they were next to last in that show. They didn't close oh. the show. Huh. You know who did? Uh, the Kinks. Oh, wow. Interesting. Other Kinks fans will be happy about that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and finally, some birthdays to celebrate. On August 1st, Danny Harrison turned 42. And the same day, Bill Elliott from the Dark Horse Band, Splinter, well, he turned the big 7-0. Okay? A lot of people love those Splinter albums. Bill Elliott turning 70. Happy birthday to both those guys. And yep. uh, that's it for Beal cool. News. Excellent. Oh, well, before we get going, I also want to show, let everybody know that the, the latest uh, George Harrison book, George Harrison on George Harrison Interviews and Encounters, uh, is now out. And this pretty much tackles uh, throughout his Beatle career all the way into, you know, sadly, uh, his last interview and all that stuff. So uh, this is out now. You can, you know, Amazon, This is, that's how I got it. I don't know where else you could find this, but um, uh, it looks to be a good read and I'm looking forward to uh, tackling it. And uh, also don't forget mm. at the end of this month, August 29th will be the first of three record store days. And this will be the one that will have the, uh, the John Lennon, uh, Yoko Ono Instant Karma and the uh, McCartney 50th anniversary half speed uh, vinyl. So right. that'll be the 29th. So, um, maybe we should good. say a word about the virtual fest. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, we want to. Uh, yeah, this past weekend, and I'm sure uh, some of you watching right now were, were there. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you uh, for coming. Uh, if you if you uh, came to our panel uh, at the virtual fest for Beatles fans, which was just yesterday. Uh, and uh, we want to uh, thank you. We uh, had a blast uh, talking about um, different genres uh, that uh, the Beatles in the solo years uh, dabbled in. And uh, we could have easily gone on for another hour, <laughs> I think, oh. or, or more. And I think it's safe to say we're going to revisit that that topic um, in future episodes because we, we had such a, a blast talking about it. And, uh, and we want to, you know, thank you, you guys, uh, you know, really came out uh, for us and, and uh, really, uh, uh, we just had such a good time. And, uh, and, you know, it was sad that we couldn't all get together in person like we normally do at Fest, mm. but, uh, but really have to have to thank the Lapidos family. They did a great job. I mean, I, I thought so. What, what did you, uh, what do you guys think? I had a wonderful uh, time. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And then not just that for us, for our panel, but for me to sit in afterward and watch some other discussions. I just had a really, really great time. And yeah, was... uh, I was just very happy to be part of it. And uh, it's the next best thing to having the physical fest, if you will call it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a good time as always. Um, you know, I 
but was working most of the mostly Friday and Saturday, so I didn't get to see as much as I would like to have. I got to see Kit with, along with uh, our friends at when uh, when they was Fab Ed Chen and Lonnie Pena doing their panel, and then you know Sunday when I was off, then I you know I got to see Mark Lewison uh, doing his talk with with our you know our friend uh, Ken Ken Thwomack, who unfortunately can't be here tonight. Um, and then you know I got to ask I got to ask Mark Lewison about uh, his his time working with uh, Club Sandwich and how that experience was, and he had a great answer. So it's just it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's always fun listening to Mark Lewis and, and just you know people picking his brain and um, and seeing what you can learn for for that hour or, or two hours whenever he's talking. And it's just it's just a brilliant time. Mm. I always say anytime you listen to any interview with Mark Lewis and you end up being a little bit smarter. Yep. <laughs> oh, for sure. There's always yes. something that you learn that you never heard before. Yes. But I, I, I had a great time as I always do. Um, it's always a frustrating thing for me because I'm interested in almost everything that goes on at the fest. And it doesn't matter whether it's a physical fest or a virtual <clears throat> fest. They had five rooms going on with activities all simultaneously. And you know what makes it worse for me is the fact that, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm making more and more friends through Facebook who are performers that I get to watch on their Facebook page and they're at the fest. And a lot of the people who are there are authors that I've interviewed. So there's even more people that I want to see. And here, you can't here. do all of it at the same time. And this is all happening in the middle of the Flaming Pie box set. So I've been mm -hmm. running back and forth from this room to the living room, <laughs> going to watch the DVD from the world tonight, then checking to see what's on, what, uh, what's on the schedule. You can't do it all. But um, there were great interviews that I saw with... Uh, with um, Greg Bissonette, Tom Frangione interviewing him, Terry Hembert, who I, you know, I've always heard the name. I've never been to the Chicago Fest. She's wonderful. Isn't she great? She's a fantastic interviewer. You know, she's, she's so comfortable. She makes everyone feel at ease. She does, and she asks great questions and she has a great R&B background like you, Kit, the two of you. I mean, let's have her on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we, we should actually. Yeah. She is a legend. Uh, here in Chicago. She's been in radio over 40 years. And of course, she's been the MC of uh, of the uh, Chicago Fest since I forget it, like second or third year it was here. And uh -huh. uh, boy, and she knows her stuff. Right. She really does. Really does. Yeah, I saw her interview with Mary Wilson, yeah. uh, which was just a delight. Too. That was a delight to watch. And I mean, my God, Mary Wilson. I mean, come on, you know, she's a supreme. It was right incredible. Enough. It was incredible to see Still that. can't figure out a way, though, to get Mary Wilson's autograph. Really? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? You know, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that before you brought to, her up, even. Yeah. When, yeah. It, when it goes back to a physical fest, you'll be able to do that. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, did exactly. you catch what she said at the end? Now it's time to take my makeup off? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, she was great. She was sweet. I saw uh, Jeremy Clyde for an interview. I saw the the Mark Lewis an interview. Um, Lawrence Juber's performance. No matter how many times I see Lawrence, he just dazzles. He blows yeah. my mind. Oh, never just, disappoints. It, it was all Beatles. He did the, the the best version I ever heard him do of I Am the Walrus. He just blows oh, me wow. away. Yeah. Um, cool. Really, just so many wonderful things going on throughout the whole weekend. You know, you just can't see it all. I do wish that they would make everything available online. Intense. Yeah. Yes. You know, because there's there's too much to see. There is. Yep. 
know. Exactly. So, yep. So it, it really, it was, you know, as I said, it's not a replacement for, for being there in person, but it was, it was really fun. And again, I, I really have to thank the Lupitos family for mm. all the work they did. And, uh, and also to Susan Ryan and, and uh, Wally Pedrazic, who they uh, were in charge of that paperback writer room. They the ran it well. They Very ran it really well i mean that that room ran like clockwork i mean it was incredible and they uh you know handled uh, everybody you know called on people and and really made us panelists you know our job easier um yeah. you know so we could focus on what we needed to focus on so so kudos to everybody involved in that fest they did an unbelievable job mm. and and again thank you to all of you who came to our panel and uh you know just was a just was a blast so yeah. uh, so Susan. Susan oh, and Wally are just the great moderators too. They are. They yeah. absolutely are. Fantastic. They, so, yep. So really good. Great job to everybody. So, all right, everybody, are we, are we ready to, to uh, take a, a slice of pie here? I think we're, <laughs> I, I think we're, I think we're ready. And, um, and again, all of you watching, we, we want to hear your thoughts as well. And if we don't get to them on the air, don't worry. We read the comments, uh, whether they're on Facebook, sure. YouTube, wherever, and we respond to them. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, all right. So <laughs> everybody, I'm sure, has got their their uh, boxes handy. So, uh, of course, this is a, um, you know, very uh, special album in Paul's career. This was a kind of at a, you know, crossroads um in in his career this was you know coming uh after anthology so he was clearly in a in a very uh reflective mood at this point um and uh, also as we know this is the last album that linda uh, appeared on and you know what and listening to it now it's it's a bit bittersweet uh because it's clear that her fragile health was on his mind quite a bit um, mm. as as he was recording it so but there are a lot of joyous moments on this album as well um, and a number of his friends collaborated with him um, it's it's really a, a very special um, album I think and so it was great to see it get the archive treatment so let's let's start off um, with general impressions and then we'll we'll get into specifics with packaging and things like that. What was your general Im impression of of you know the the whole thing the way it was presented? Tom, let's let's start with you. Just general thoughts. General out. thoughts. It's 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 uh, you know I'm I'm glad that the boxes are all the same size so they can look you know all pretty on the shelf <laughs> you know that's one of the things that I, I i i really care about um you know the the box set um uh, general you know what's in the box you know we, we've complained in the past about you know certain cds not being not having a lot of material on there only being like 30 35 minutes you know per cd you know which we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit but but all in all the way these pack these 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 um, box sets are, are presented, are, are beautiful. Um, they're sturdy, they're not cheap, you know, or they don't feel cheap. Um, I've actually dropped my uh, Wings Over America box set uh, not too long ago, and it, you know, no damage was was done to it. Uh, so I mean, they're they're sturdy. I mean, I really appreciate the work that goes into this. You know, every, all everything that's in the box is, is well organized, and um, and this is 
you know, always been my favorite part. One of my favorite parts of the box set is these little sleeves that are on the back, you know, that just give you all the information of everything that's in. I just love collecting these. These are almost like my hype sticker, Joe. You know, I know how you guys love the hype stickers, but this is, these these are the parts. So yeah, exactly. So the whole general package itself, uh, throughout the whole, uh, well, so, since they stopped doing the book form, you know, starting with Band on the Run and McCartney 2 and, and McCartney, um, they've, they've gone to more of this box uh, style set, uh, starting with the Ram box. And I really appreciate appreciated that because it just keeps everything a little neater and, and keeps everything, you know, tidy and, 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 and mint, you know, I mean, unless you just keep taking it out, you're going to you know, unfortunately, you know, ruin the stuff. But I, I, I appreciate the, the hard work that, that goes into these box sets. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I mean, I, I think because, uh, you know, we'll probably get to this a little later. Um, these aren't cheap, uh, mm. to say the least. Uh, and uh, but but I think they I, I mean, it's it, they're very well made. They, mm-hmm. they really are. And um, they try to give you bang for your buck. I, I, I think, you know, and, and as time has gone on, I right. think that's been even more and more the case. So, uh, Joe, how about you? What, well, uh, I'm a stickler what... for uniformity as well. Mm-hmm. And things Tom's talk, talking about. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this one's like thinner. This one's fatter. I'll get the old <laughs> same. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's a collector's thing, you know. But, uh, no, great job if we're talking about the, just the box, the packaging, the presentation uh, is beautiful. Uh, did a good job. I like the cloth binding and all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the way it opens up, too. Is this a first with that this kind of... The... First for the Paul McCartney series to have the magnet. Yeah, it has like a a magnetized like flip. Yeah. I think it took a lot of people. You seconds to think that slide out of here. What is it? Then you oh takes a while to find out. (laughs) But no, it's it's a nice, nice job with the presentation of it. And of course the contents. Uh, you know, a lot of people say in in the collector's world, look, I just want the music. You know, I I don't need all this, I don't need the book. I don't need a lot of paraphernalia or lyrics uh, scribbled out and everything and uh, so forth. But for me, of course, the music is always the main thing. That's what we're really into. But I can hear the music, too, anytime, as far as the regular uh, tracks, regular album, not the bonus material that you get. But uh, I'm, I'm in it also for, for the bells and whistles, for the, the book and uh, all the photos and stuff like that and chronicling that whatever album he's doing at the time is chronicling it all down. So I really like that. Uh, and I uh, got no quibbles with that. Uh, I could go on uh, talking about individual tracks and things, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll just, we'll get to that. We'll get to get that. To that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to that. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. Though I got a high, a high number. I don't know if we want to, Talk about oh well, we'll get to that in a minute too. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know hey, we just wing it folks we wing yeah. it. <laughs> no no we'll we'll get to that but uh but ken how about you just general general thoughts uh i can echo the words of joe and tom there i love the packaging i am one of those people who care much more about the music than everything else but i do love the bells and whistles and and i've said a number of times that if, you're really going to get to my heart when I see handwritten lyrics. I am a, a real, yeah. I, I do love seeing that. And the way that they can duplicate things these days so that it looks like Paul just wrote it. Mm-hmm. Not only not only uh, you see his handwriting, but whatever the color paper was that he right. used for the, it's the exact same color. He even goes to those lengths to make it that precise to, to what he did when he first wrote the lyrics down. 
So, Coffee but, stains. I would say. <laughs> there's there's handwritten lyrics. There's handwritten lyrics for same love. And then at the top of the page, there's this drawing of what looks like himself. Right. And then on the back of the page is this little scribble of nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just yeah. it stays there. You know, it's like, I guess that's what Paul did on the on the page. Right. You know, mm -hmm. but um, you know, my major gripe with with his archival box sets have been when the bonus audio has been skimpy, like Tom has said. There are certain ones like Wings at the Speed of Sound that have oh, seven yeah. tracks, tracks or the first McCartney album or something. That's when I'm really upset because you know there's gotta be a lot more that he can give us. And mm -hmm. I have noticed in recent years that there's been more and more of a growing trend to want to hear demos and early versions of songs and home recordings. Right. And I think Paul has recognized that. Kind of reminded me a bit of Flowers in the Dirt in a way, because you had two discs of demos, just like what you have here. It's demos, right. and home whatever you want to call it, home recordings, early versions. Right. But he does that. And then the bonus material of B-sides and stuff that he put out, similar to flowers in the dirt but yeah i love the packaging too it was all well put together very sturdy like you said but uh very impressed yeah i mean i agree it was a really first class job now i i was looking at at the comments and uh i'm, I'm gonna have to paraphrase it because it scrolled by really fast but uh, uh mark p mentioned um that he said you know he he's more about the music that the other stuff uh, drives up the price. And I mean, yes, I, I understand the more the- Mark P, you're the, you're the king of the box sets of CDs. <laughs> if you know anybody who knows Mark P, he, he's got a collection that'll make your head turn. Yeah, I, yep. And and uh, yeah, and I'm as I said, I'm paraphrasing as the, the the comment went up really fast. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I understand that argument that you know the more extras you put in and the more reproductions you know, the more, yes, it's, it's going to drive up the price, you know, but um, on the other hand, yeah, I, I do enjoy, I mean, I, I loved, you know, opening up the envelope and, you know, the manila right. envelope and mm. everything. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun, you know, it's fun and you do get a little insight into what, uh, what the process was, as you and said. I might as well say now something Tom, yeah. Tom said earlier, Make sure you don't miss the guitar pick. Yes, because I did. The vanilla first envelope. Because there's a little guitar pick in there. Is yep. it? <laughs> and there it like is. The I, and you know, it's a it's funny thing because I was now. joking around before with Tom. I said, you know, I could just see like, you know, 10 or 20 years from now, uh, people are going to be selling used, maybe flaming pie boxes. This one has the guitar pick intact. <laughs> it's not lost. It's there. Yeah. Yep. 50 years from now on Antiques Roadshow, that's going to be, yeah. oh, this one is the pick. An extra, an extra $200 for the pick. That's right, exactly. All well, right, I mean, the, oh, the thing, sorry, and, and to continue what Mark P said, you know, I, I get that, and I, I think there's been some box sets that kind of maybe went a little overboard, especially with Wings Over America. I don't know if we really needed mm. four books uh, to go with that set. Um, and then, and then only a couple discs is, is, as well. Uh, so, so in some instances, I can, uh, I'll agree with that, but in others, I, I really enjoy, like Ken said, those handwritten lyrics, they're really cool, mm -hmm. you know, and then the reproduction of, of like the club sandwich and, and then, you know, on the flame, yeah. uh, sheets too. I mean, those, I mean, some nice stuff. Well, in a series like this, where you're actually getting Paul's works, <laughs> the whole catalog, hopefully right. at some point, it's the definitive version. It's got everything. Almost everything. We'll get to that another time here. Yep. But I mean, you know, you're talking about 
let, let's go for it. That's what I what I feel. This is like you know everything, you know, just about uh, almost about the kitchen sink. I'm happy for to have all of them for Paul's entire archive. Sure, okay. absolutely. But now I, before, oh, sorry. You know, I do love the fact that with all his releases, he makes various versions. If you just want the remastered right, CD right. with one bonus CD of, of material, you can just get that. You can, you know, go according to your budget or what you feel right. you want to spend sure. on it. So, Absolutely. No, that's true. You've got a lot of options. Mm. Or you can get the $600 version that, uh, you know, that took up half of Ken Womack's body and, you know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. This one might be a good time just to mention, can I mention, um, maybe could you mentioned that there's a big gigantic, Ken Womack showed us briefly uh, the Giants, I think it's called the Complete Collection, is that what it's called, the Complete Collection? Super I Deluxe think, Edition, I think. Super Deluxe. Something like that, yeah. Oh, okay, super deluxe. Now I know there's a a friend of mine, and he watches the show, and he's his name is Marv Marvin G. He's tuned in right now. Mm. I saw his I saw a comment yeah. from him, and uh, and, he, and he goes by the name on YouTube. He has a channel, Beetle Vinyl eighty five. Um, so if you want to check out, he, he he's one of the many people who've been doing videos where they actually examine this. It's a good longer video too, and you, you could get to see. All the contents for those that are interested so they might want to go over there and check that out beetle vinyl 85 he's a good guy right all Ooh. right before we get on to the the music um uh joe wanted us and and this came up in a uh panel yesterday so we're going to share and if you guys have the box set you can join in in the comments i have my number about, written down I, oh wow okay what number you have so all right i right. gotta grab my set here uh. <laughs> get your 20 pound dumbbell right there dang i mean this will yeah this will yeah get some muscles going here all right so my number is zero eight one four five wow mm. Okay. okay, mine is zero eight two two two. Oh wow! My, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next because I think my yeah. I thought my so far mine is still the highest zero eight two six nine. Oh, okay. oh I don't have the highest one. Good, come on. Everybody wants mine a number, right? Is zero five six eight three. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. all right. Yours is the lowest. Yeah, Does anyone right. know how many were made? And I don't. No, I did not see that information. Sometimes you see, no. you think you see things, red, red things, glossed over things. I don't know why. I, think <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So, the, um, yeah, there were some people. The, the reason this came up was in a panel ye uh, yesterday at the fest. Somebody brought up that they had a one that was zero, 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 zero. And it turns out that there were a number of those out there. There were some test pressings or something that uh, that got out accidentally. But unfortunately, they're not rare. Um, hmm. that there are a lot of them out there and it was, and they're printed upside down, I guess. The numbers sort of printed upside down. So if you have one of those... They'll it's, still charge a thousand dollars on eBay for them. Yeah, Doesn't that's matter. true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Marvin said uh, collector's edition is limited to three thousand. Okay. And Mark so that's Keith, the, what is that called? Collector's edition. Uh, collector's edition. Yes, he said it's called collector's. The the six hundred dollar one. Mark P thinks okay. it was limited to ten thousand. Uh, mm. That I think that was uh, the the uh, deluxe edition. Okay. So, okay. Thank you, Mark and Marvin. Yes, indeed. We've got some of our, our viewers are, are 
very astute. They always have the, the information for us. So, all right, let's get into the, uh, the discs themselves. Now, we're not going to have time to go through every single track, obviously. Um, but, uh, but I thought maybe we could just pick out a few highlights um, of, you know, from, uh, from each disc. So disc one, we have the remastered album. And of course, we all, you know, we all know uh, mm -hmm. what was on it. But I just wondered if there were, you know, just a couple of highlights uh, that you you found from the remastered album. You know, were there a couple of tracks that the remastering just really knocked you out? You know, really made an impression on you, or or were they, you know, or did they not? Um, you know, what do you think, Ken? What what do you think? <laughs> was there? Well, that was the last thing I listened to because all the bonus stuff I go to right. first. Yeah, <laughs> so, me too. Um, you know, I didn't notice that big a difference, maybe a little bit more of a fuller sound. Mm -hmm. um, to start off with the song we were singing really sounded very full. And when you hear just the acoustic guitar so clean like that, I mean, yeah. how much of a difference? I don't know if it's that drastic a difference. Right. I think the later that you get with the music, the more difficult it is for it to sound better, you know, mm -hmm. but um you know, it was only a slight difference, I feel. And then again, it was all in on a small little studio here, my small studio and my headphones. Mm -hmm. Depends mm -hmm. upon what's what the kind of sound system you have, too. Right. Um, I could play the same thing in my car and I might hear things that I didn't hear in my headphones here. So all that, those are factors when you listen mm -hmm. to music. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tom, how about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, a little bit of a fuller sound, I think, but it, it was already a good sounding album to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think maybe they got rid of a little bit. There might have been a little bit of a hiss sound, but that that they they eliminated from the original recording. But other than that, I think it was a it was a really good sounding album to begin with. Um, and I agree with Ken a little bit more fulling sound. You know, especially you know they always talk about how you know the bass and the drums always creep up a little bit when when with with all of these uh, uh, archive sets. And uh, I think this the, the, you know this one you could say was the same a little bit. But other than that, yeah, it was it's a good sounding album. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Absolutely. Joe, what did, what did you think? Well, same thing. It sounds great, but it's one of those albums that I always thought sounded pretty good. So I, you know, I don't have them comparing in the next, next to each other, but yeah. uh, on its own, it sounds terrific, but I don't know how much of a mocked up sound it is, you know, because it was always sounded good to me. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree that it wasn't like hearing like, you know, when Sergeant Pepper, was remastered or something or, mm. or or the white album where there were certain tracks where it just you know it was just pow you know wow this right. is this is like a you know a revelation to, to listen to <laughs> mm. i mean it wasn't like that i will say some days i i thought benefited from remastering because mm. i thought um george martin's string arrangement came through a lot clearer for me when I was listening to it on headphones. Um, you know, I really appreciated his, his delicate arrangement a lot more. Um, and uh, I also thought the ending for Beautiful Night, uh, the horns and everything on that really um, just came through a lot more for me, um, the, the horns and the strings. I mean, I, I thought those had been brought up um, even more in the mix, uh, at least, you know, just, just what I was hearing. Um, so there were just, it, it wasn't anything that, that just knocked you over, uh, but there were some details like that. And just like you said, Ken, in songs we were singing, the guitars, mm -hmm. that's, that's what I noticed too. Uh, the guitars were, were definitely more prominent 
you know, so there were just some little tweaks like that. Uh, but right. as you guys said, it already was a, you know, it wasn't like it was recorded, you know, in the fifties or something. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was great technology in, in the mid nineties. So, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't uh, quite in that, uh, you know, needed that much work to begin with. But, uh, but I think there were some subtle differences. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right, uh, Ken, though, it depends on what sound system you're using. I'm going to have to right. play the old disc now. That's all there is to it. Now I'm familiar with the new one. You yeah. Have to just play the old one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I just think there were cases where it, I, I would say it just clarified sound. I, you know, it just wasn't anything that just knocked you over and, and, right. you know, it was mm. super, super obvious. So, but, uh, but very, you know, well done. I mean, it was nicely done. Nice to have a, you know, bit more of a refined, you know, refined version, retuned version. But right. uh, now we get to home recordings, uh, the demos, the stuff we all live for. So, <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's get to that. So uh, uh, so Joe, were there particular tracks on here that really you know you really liked? Of course, you picked me first for this one. <laughs> um, I was very disappointed with it. I like home recordings. I like to see uh, demos and things, how songs come to be. But I just found it. If I'm going to be honest, I found it kind of dull and boring. I, I wanted to. I, you know, I was listening to it for you know the sake of the show and uh i would have listened to it anyway but if i wasn't doing it right but i mean i'm like oh I, I wanted to move on to tell you the truth i think the one that really uh if anything stood out to me it was beautiful night maybe uh, uh the 1995 demos that one um mm. and that was all right but i don't feel the same about the other that just to save a little face here i did like another disc later in the, in the studio <laughs> we'll get but to that, that one i don't know i just i just didn't do it for me i mean i know what it, what it is it's primitive it's just basic you know uh yeah. somebody i remember said something like sounded like you know paul was just doodling around and linda might have just put on the tape recorder over laying on the couch or something yeah well that's what it is home recordings but um i like home recordings depending on in general depending on how they how they phase me uh these these didn't really knock me out much i don't think it's a disc i'm going to be going back to to be honest with you on this on this this box yeah i mean i i agree with you to an extent like something like calico skies was disappointing to me because you know it was just the sound quality but again i mean it was a home recording i mean you know i, I wasn't Is that the one where the phone was ringing a couple times uh that oh, was souvenir souvenir okay, yeah. which was yeah, kind of yeah. funny <laughs> you could tell he was kind of annoyed if i could just like... interject for a minute while i think of it you know we remember the lost lennon tapes with john and there's a lot of things like that and phones ringing and things i don't know why i mean those i really i really enjoyed I don't know if it's because John's gone and we don't have anything else. And a lot of this stuff was stuff that you you didn't hear. It wasn't a lot of them were not regular songs. A lot of them were uh, stuff that maybe he didn't officially record. Uh, and then the ones that he did were really like early versions, like "Make Love Not War" or, or, or things like that. So it was really different. Just I just want to want to say I don't know I don't know why, but for some reason. Those I really thrived on. I really, I really enjoyed those, but yeah. uh, not so much with this one. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and some of them, as I said, some of them, the, the sound quality was iffy. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, as I said, Calico Skies for me was a little disappointing because it was, it, I mean, I love Calico Skies, mm -hmm. but it was just mm -hmm. uh, the, the sound quality wasn't great. I mean, I really had to turn it up to, to hear it. And you, there was a lot of background noise, but, you know, it's home recording, so I get it. Mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, uh, Joe, you said Beautiful Night was a, was a highlight. Yeah, I, that was I agree. I enjoyed the most. I, I agree with that. Um, I thought I liked that piano only version, you know, just stripped down. So I felt like that, you yeah. know, just to hear sort of the, the skeleton of the song. I, I really, that was a highlight for me too. Absolutely. So Tom, how about, uh, how about you? Were there some highlights yeah, for you? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I do kind of agree with Joe about, and, and you kid about the sound quality. Um, not the greatest, but they're here. And, and, and if these are what were available, then I'm glad to have them. Um, however, yeah, I mean, they might not be the best, but the thing I think I like the most about all of these is, is how, how realized a lot of these songs were before they even went into the studio. I mean, if these are the home demos, I mean, he's pretty much right on the money then. He pretty much knows how these songs are gonna go. Um, and that's what I've, I, one of the things that I've pretty much been amazed from, about from Paul from a, for a long time is is that even these songs that are in the demo form are, are almost completely what you're going to hear is at, at the finished product so mm. a lot of those were, were great beautiful night like Joe said uh, is good um, you know I do do like the workings of, of Little Willow um, you know the stuff he you know a lot of acoustic guitar work on here that I, I really uh, like um, and um, you know Flaming Pie with him you know getting the piano uh, bit going on that I, I, I think is is fine as well so uh yeah the noise you know not not so much but um the fact that you know these songs are were, were pretty much already well thought of before he even went out to the studio is, is amazing to me yeah particularly like hmm. some days i mean that was pretty much yep. complete yeah i mean that that was interesting to hear i mean yep. that that it was yeah Please. i mean yeah, then there are others that were, you know, needed, you know, clearly was the, still working. Yeah, the, the chord production, I mean, the chord changes are all there, right. you know, and, and you can just, yeah, you can definitely, um, definitely, you know, master at work. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. That's for sure. Ken, how about you? Well, first of all, I have no idea whether or not I'm going to be listening to this years from now. I only know that right now I'm fascinated by this whole thing. Um we get to hear songs like the song we were singing on the first disc there. There are sections there that were not used in the song that he sure. took out. Yeah. And you know, you hear all the time that McCartney has so many ideas and he can't use all of them. And you never know if he might take what he took out of this song and use it in another song. You just never know. You've always heard that he's so prolific and he comes up with many ideas. In this case, he took that out. Then you've got songs like uh, young boy, which started off as being poor boy, and he explained mm -hmm. that because he he changed it because there's an Elvis Presley song called Poor Boy. He didn't want it. He didn't want to you know people to think about that one. <laughs> so he changed it to Young Boy. But in the first version here, he doesn't have the part of the song where you go to find love. You know that part right. that isn't even written in the song yet. So you've got songs there you've got demos where you've got stuff that he takes out you've got songs that are not finished yet you've got songs where he changes words around you've got the world tonight where he he switches the the words around it wasn't i can see the world tonight it was i can see the future so then i could see the world tonight right, and right. he changed that you know and you could tell that he did not 
have the words finished on that song. So he's kind of making it up as he goes. Um, and I also feel that, you know, like, like Tom said, and, and this is something I apply this to the Beatles as well. There's a song like Sundays, the, this first version, which is just him and an acoustic guitar is perfect yes. the way it is. Yep. And you realize how strong these songs are without any band arrangement, without any orchestration. They're stunning by, by itself. One of the bonus tracks that Paul put on his website was Some Days. It's the version that's on the album, but without the orchestration. But, and I wanted you know, it here. We'll get to that too. Yeah, right? we'll <laughs> get very to that. Disappoint. That's my biggest disappointment. I love that song. But <laughs> when, you got, when you got songs like that, that and here. Little Willow is, is another example. The first version there is so close to what he put out anyway, arrangement wise. And it makes you realize this was a much more simpler production that was applied to the album. And it's a very acoustic album too. You know, so many of the songs here are acoustic based songs. And they I even like sound he, like, yeah, like the world tonight even sounds great with, with the focus on the acoustic guitars on right. that, the, on the second disc. So right. I liked how in the book he talks about, you know, you wanted this like a no stress album, you know, and just you know, make it simple. And, um, you know, you don't need to be overproduced or whatever. It's just, you know, straight out what you, what you hear is what, what you see is what you get. Well, Paul likes to bring back this apparently very fond memory that he has of Beatles recording sessions right. where he and John would write a song and go into the studio. George and Ringo wouldn't even know the song and they'd have to learn right. it that day and they would finish it that day or they would finish several mm -hmm. songs in the same day. Yep. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't work. You know, not every Beatles song was done that way. Some of them they labored on for a while, but he, was, right. he remembers that time period. And I think, you know, he tells the story about both Young Boy and Some Days as songs that he wrote when Linda was off, right. you know, cooking a special meal with someone else or, you know, and he, he challenged himself to write a song in an hour or a few hours. And he came back with a song each time. So he applied that type of, let's do this quickly. Let's have some fun with it. You know, let's not sweat on it. And in yep. those particular cases, two really good songs. I mean, I really think Some Days is one of his masterpieces. I agree. Um, mm -hmm. And it worked on both those songs. So in that way, thinking about how the Beatles worked when they did it quickly, and he applied it. So same thing with the song Flaming Pie. He wanted to record that with Jeff Lynn. Jeff said to him, let's do it in four hours. Right. And they did it in four hours. Yep. yep. So applying that kind of, you know, approach is what they did a lot of on this album. Absolutely. And um, uh, Ken, you were mentioning uh, songs we were singing. That's one of the other highlights of uh, the home recordings disc uh, for me. It has such a different sound just with him and the acoustic guitar. It had a mm. kind of a moodier sound uh, in the beginning to me. And, and I, I just, uh, I, I love that as much as the, the finished product. I mean, I, I love the, the final version too, but, uh, but I just, you know, this has such a different tone to it. Um, and as you said, he was still working on the lyrics at this point. And it's, as you said, it's just so fascinating to see, you know, be able to hear that process. Um, yeah. I mean, and, you know, but then to hear some days where it was pretty much complete. I mean, it, it, it's just uh, astounding to me that, that 
you know, there, there was basically no rough draft from right. what I can tell of some days, uh, yeah. but there clearly was with uh, uh, World Tonight or, or, um, or songs we were singing. So, yeah, and, and I, I was uh, looking at some comments on Facebook and a couple of people said, too, that, yeah, they probably wouldn't go back and listen to, to this. Yeah, it's historically, it's fascinating from a historical standpoint. Sure, it is. But- and and you know but it does as again as you said it it does give an insight into his creative process which is fascinating you know in itself and yeah and i think there are a few versions on here that maybe i would go back and and listen to uh, uh periodically but not every one uh but uh but you know maybe a few that uh really uh, stand out but as you said for for you know, historic purposes and all, it's really good to have these. Mm-hmm. Uh, really is. Glad, glad that he put them out. So now we get to studio sessions. Another thing we live for. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the outtakes. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about what were, were some standouts uh, for us on, uh, on these. So, uh, so Ken, what was a particular you know what did you like about the studio sessions disc okay just before i talk about that i forgot to mention if you wanna Mm -hmm. on the first disc because it's much faster than Mm -hmm. the version that was put on the album and i found that really interesting so he definitely slowed that song down um the second disc great day in calico skies were as close to the album as possible uh i found that the song we were singing was more ironed out by that point and I found it interesting that he held back on the high notes for that song in the chorus. Maybe he was waiting for when he was going to make the, the version on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, the World Tonight, I found it interesting that he omitted the word there. Yeah. You know, I saw you sit in, you know, and you're waiting for the word there. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's still, it's, it's still uh, you know, in development, the song. Um, yeah. Oh, whole life. What a what yes. a highlight from this yeah. box set. I had no idea that there was an earlier version of the song. Mm-hmm. I knew the one that came out around 2003, but um, and this one is somewhat different than the version that came out later on because it's a bit slower. It definitely is very edgy, and there's uh, a whole other part of the song that he took out in the later version. Um, so he wrote that with Dave Stewart. The two of them are the only ones I know of that, uh, that worked on the song together. Uh, that was a definite highlight. And also, um, I, I do like the, the version there of Heaven on a Sunday, just to have a different version of it. And they do have an Easter egg at the very end, which, uh, Right. You know, is taken from the beautiful night sessions, and and Paul and Ringo are clowning around. Paul's at the piano, and they're all singing. You know, you're a bastard. The bastard. <laughs> um, Easter eggs. Yep. Yeah. There was one. There was also an Easter egg at the end of the other disc. Yeah. Right? But I forget which one that was. I know there was this one. I think it was just. Was it just a like a guitar riff and and some? I forget. I think it was a guitar hmm. riff and Paul just right. saying oh yeah or something like that it wasn't it wasn't as good as this one okay <laughs> i'll have to Not check i don't know as... how i could have missed that yeah it's a, and i only knew about it from uh, tom frangione when uh yesterday 
uh, in the panel he did for the fest where he was mm. talking about the box. He said, be sure you li- you know, listen for this. And, and he didn't say what it was. Uh, he kind of hinted at this one we're talking about now, the, the Paul and Ringo thing. But the other one, he just said, there's a little thing at the end. And okay. th- this, this one's the better one. Let's put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> a more exciting one. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway... Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Um, whole life. I, and, and I was talking to Tom uh, before the show about this. I guess I was living under a rock because I didn't even know about this song. I didn't mm. even know it came out in 2003. I, I mean, I don't know where I was, you know. I, I don't know. You I was working on my me. dissertation. I was under the rock that... with you too. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, good. I was working on my dissertation. Maybe that was it. I don't know because I had no idea this song existed in any form. Um, but I love it. Um, I mean, what a what a great song. And boy, do I wish uh, Paul and Dave Stewart had done more work together. Because yeah. I mean, what a what a great song this is. And I have to look up the 2003 version so I can uh, you know compare that. Um, I mean, it's just a, such a rocker and it, and it took Paul a little out of his comfort zone too. I mean, he sounds a little different on this. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I mean, not completely, but I think for, I, I don't know, vocally, he sounds a little bit, you know, out of his, uh, zone. I love the guitar riff and bass line. I mean, mm. wow. I mean, I, I was just blown away by this. Yeah. So, uh, so good, Joe. I don't feel so stupid now <laughs> because. Right. I could have said, oh, sure. I knew about that. No. Yeah. It's <laughs> really, I, I mean, when I looked it up, I, I, you know, I, I did you know, research and I was, of course, looking at it. I'm like, where was I? Oh, it was very, <laughs> very good. So very good. I was, I was up to that point. That was the highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really impressed with that. I, I liked uh, the whole disc mm-hmm. in the studio. That was yeah. one I could listen to over and over. I don't know. I just, I just, come on down, come on, baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I enjoyed listening to that. You know, it was, it was really a, a much different experience for me compared to the, the home recordings. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe just a little more fleshed out, more uh, accessible, professional sounding. Probably. Yeah, I enjoyed everything. I'm looking at the list, everything on there, but. Uh, when I heard what the whole whole life is, what's it really jumped out. Wow. Mm. Yep. Um, and it was interesting to hear uh, the you know the rough mix of uh, World Tonight with the uh, previous lyrics, and I think it was a good idea that Paul changed those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, mean, I love World Tonight. That's a great song. Uh, I thought that was a great first single uh, for for yes. uh, this album. But yeah, love will make me happy. It will keep me shining bright. And as long as the people go, hey, wow. <laughs> yeah, that didn't yeah, work as yeah. well. I didn't spend as much time writing every little thing down. But if I did, that that did click in my head. I'm like, whoa. You know, they say the old cliche, which is not 100% true. You know, John was this, you know, a word person. Paul was a music person. Yeah, they both did great stuff the other way, too. But mm-hmm. sometimes when I listen to this, I'm saying, wow. That might be kind of true for Paul. He really has got to take time to come up with some good words here and there. Yeah, you but, know, but oh, you know, 
everybody has a rough draft. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, you oh, know, sure. I mean, that's sure. nothing against them. I mean, that's, no, no, that's no. the way it that goes. That one stuck in my head. But when I heard that, I say, hey, <laughs> but, but still, but that's part of the creative process. So that yep. was really yeah. fun to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Tom, how about you? What, uh, yeah. what did you like? Yeah, before before uh, we uh, connected earlier today, I, I thought to myself, oh, sh- darn it, I got to go back and listen to the 2003 whole life because I hadn't listened to it for a while just to, you know, mm. to see the differences. And <clears throat> and for if people want to learn more about that song, they can get the Luca Parazzi book and it talks about, um, you know, when it started and, and the fact that uh, Dave Stewart and McCartney, like you said, can, you know, play on the track. And then the later version, um, they were worried about uh, Dave not being able to participate. And then he came in, played acoustic guitar while uh, Paul and uh, Rusty, I think, play um, guitar on this track. And I think uh, Brian's on bass. And then, hey, but yeah, it is the the, the 2003. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot, you know, a lot quicker, a lot heavier. Um, but that, yeah, but that the, the, the 95 version is really good as well. I think it's, it's cool stuff. Um, Beautiful Night's my favorite song on the album. Um, whatever kind of version I can find um, from this song, I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, just enjoy all of it. And then it's cool to hear the Ringo and Paul chatter at the end of mm. the song as well. Um, and, and those are my highlights. I mean, come down, uh, uh, come on down, come on, baby. It's okay. I mean, it's, I never heard that before. I don't know if it's ever been bootlegged or not. Um, it is kind of cool to hear Linda say that's the one for me. That's the song I love or something like that um mm-hmm. after he's done uh playing it so that's kind of cool and then the chatter too is something that i really appreciate whenever yeah. it's on these uh sets um you know and hopefully we're gonna get a lot of chatter when that let it be box set comes out too oh, yeah. you know so um but yeah i mean the whole the whole cd i, I agree is, is some quality stuff and um yeah i like all of it only yeah, thing I, is, no, oh, they compl- yeah the only thing is okay uh second disc 36 minutes uh third disc 35 minutes you could have easily you know put put both of these on one disc mm-hmm. yeah i was going to ask if we if that could be yeah. done yeah. yeah although for, for the anal among us it, it's technically different things so home recordings in the studio well you can put them side by side you could put the you know the home recording of you know um of calico skies and then play the 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 in, the in the studio version so that way you can listen to them side by side without having to change discs well, maybe the you price I mean? of the set would have had to be cheaper then. oh maybe oh <laughs> i think oh i think you've i think you've hit the nail Might on be the onto that, something joe. there joe Might i think be onto I, something i think that's uh i think that's it I think you've got it. Uh, all right, since uh, we're running a little low on time, let's jump uh, to disc four, which is Flaming Pies, um, which kind of has a bit of everything. It's a, a little bit of mm-hmm. a, it's a mixture of B-sides and uh, uh, also some other kind of um, odds and ends, I guess you would say, uh, that don't really fit into particular categories. And of course, we have some ubu jubu stuff uh and so uh what uh what did you guys think of the uh, extras on flaming pies uh so uh, so joe what uh what did you think of this i didn't get to the ubu jubu i yep. have to I have to make that confession so mm-hmm. that's the only thing i haven't explored yet in here mm-hmm. but i heard the rest of it um really was was impressed i i hadn't heard uh Love Come Tumbling Down, Same Love, Broomstick with the vocals. Like there's an instrumental one that's a, a, a download, right? 
Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Stone. Um, uh, looking for you. Really, I enjoyed that. That was that was a lot of fun. I like that. I, again, too. another disc I enjoyed. But I, all I'll say to keep it short is I will never listen to the Ballad of the Skeletons again. I despise that. Oh man. <laughs> I. I kind of liked Ballad of the Skeletons. I, I mean, I had heard of Ballad of the Skeletons for years. I'd never heard the whole thing. And it was kind of, I mean, I wouldn't listen to it repeatedly. I, I will say that. It's not something I'm, I'm going to crank in my car, you know, <laughs> for right, repeatedly. Anyway, vocally. Right. Yeah, but, but it was interesting to hear. Uh, and, uh, and the backing, you know, backing track was pretty interesting i mean to hear him and philip glass i mean that's a that's I'll a pretty take the backing mm -hmm. track over over the uh smoking parts but yeah it, it was interesting to hear how they did that to to match alan ginsburg's words and interesting that you know he died not that long after that recording right. and yeah. and so it was it was an interesting collaboration and and uh so it's it's good to have uh let's let's put it that way it's not something you would listen to repeatedly but you know, but but in, you know, good thing to have. Uh, and I think in the big giant set, the six hundred dollar one, you get an extra version of that. The vinyl. You get the vinyl. You know, vinyl, you get it on vinyl. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you get the, okay. you get it on vinyl. Okay. With etchings on it. Yes. The ballad oh, yeah. of the skeletons we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right, Tom. How about you? I adore the ballad of the skeletons. I love exactly <laughs> what he says throughout the whole thing. Um, I mean, it really makes you think a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of people that think that way, the way he, you know, describes it in in his poems and, or in that or in that poem in particular. And I think um, it, it's it's a very powerful poem, and I'm glad that McCartney worked on it. I can listen to it. I, I've listened to it a lot, actually, over the last couple of years, um, because and there's there's a couple different versions. If you have the uh, the EP of it, there's I think four different versions of it. Um, I think it's 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 done really well. Um, it's cool that um, you know Alan came up to Paul and asked him if, you know for uh, advice for somebody to play guitar while he did this live. And Paul was like, well, why don't you uh, choose me? And then, you know, that's how that whole relationship worked. And then uh, in return, Alan um, recommended a, a poet for Paul to help him with his poem for Standing Stone. Um, so that was a nice little uh, thing as well. But, um, you know, looking for you, I think, you know, that's the same trio from uh, Really Love You with uh, with Jeff Lynn and, and Ringo and Paul. Okay, Broomstick, I think, is is one of the better songs on here as well. Same love, the, the Nicky Hopkins piano piece, you know, intro is is absolutely beautiful. Um, and and Love Come Tell Me Down, I think, is a really good, is a really solid song too. The Ubu Jubu stuff, um, it's it's they're shorter than the seat than, than the ones that were on the CD singles. Um, a couple minutes have been cut on cut cut off of all of them in order for it to fit onto this mm. CD. Um, so you get on, on disc one, you get I Love This House, which is a, a great, uh, great yeah. guitar bit from David Gilmore on that. Uh, two, you get Atlantic Ocean, which is kind of fun. Squid is an uh, instrumental. Um, four, Don't Break the Promise. Uh, five, you get uh, the earlier version of Beautiful Night. And then on, on six, you get Love Mix. So, so you get... Um, you get a few different things there, which um, are all pretty cool. Um, a lot of those songs were from the um, uh, Phil Ramone, uh, David uh, yeah. Foster sessions. Um, so um, it's cool to get those because, you know, if, if it wasn't for this, we probably would have never heard those songs before. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think this is probably my favorite of all of them, this four. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Ken, how about you? 
Well, uh, I really enjoyed this disc. I did find it odd that the Ballad of Skeletons was put on there, <clears throat> only because it's it's a piece that Paul's not singing lead on. And, um, you know, it's something entirely different. It's nice that he worked with a beat poet famous as Allen Ginsberg. And I look at it as a side project. I just don't know if it belongs on a McCartney album or a McCartney archival box set. I, I you know, applaud him for working with Allen Ginsberg. And I love the work. and I love the poetry in there. I just don't know if it works there. And I don't know if even the average McCartney fan or even the ones that are buying the box set are, are going to want to hear that over and over and over again repeatedly. Um, I do like the bonus tracks that came out during the Flaming Pie time. Same Love, I will go so far to say, is one of the greatest love songs I think he's ever done. You know, it's probably in his top five in his solo career. And like we've said so many times, there's so much great stuff that he has left off his albums. And this song came from 1988. And right. he never even put it on. It would have been closer to Flowers in the Dirt Flowers Time. The dirt, right. And then he and then he makes it, you know, a, a bonus track on a CD single. I mean, how could he not know? That would that would have been a big adult contemporary hit, I believe. Same love. It's just a marvelous piece. And yes, I love Nicky Hopkins' piano work as I always do. The thing about the Ubu Jubu tracks is, and I'm thankful you brought that up, Tom, about how he trimmed it. I was really concerned. The one thing I didn't want McCartney to do at all was put the Ubu Jubu uh, bonus tracks on here because that was a radio show. And that's a mm -hmm. different experience to listening to pure music. Right. You know, um, I love Ubu Jubu. I listened to it when it came out. It's an important part of his history because he, he had his own radio series. He had a 17 part episode series. Right wasn't the Lost Lennon tapes, which lasted for four <laughs> years, but he still, still had a, a radio series. And what I wish he would do is just put all those episodes in a box set and make it limited edition, 3,000 copies. You know it's going to sell out instantly. Yeah, Tom will be the first one to buy it. I'll be number two. I'll be yeah, number you know. three. <laughs> Richard Dolan's going to be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he did make it so much more accessible to listen to because I really felt when I listened to the way it was presented here, it just flew right by. Right. You know, it starts right off with the Ubu Jubu theme. Then it usually right. goes into an unreleased song. Mm -hmm. And then Paul talks for a while, does a little interview and goes into something else. And whatever he had to say is short and sweet, to the point, fascinating, going into another song. And I enjoyed it. I just don't know if, you know, even a big McCartney fan wants to repeat hearing that over and over again, like a radio show. You know, I just don't think you know, it was fascinating. That uh, I can, he, yeah, I can yeah. agree with you on that. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's good on those CD singles as is um right. you know they're tracked you can grab the you can grab the 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 Ujubu theme song and you can just you know listen to that if you wanted to you know and then you could just listen to all the extras on there if you want to i know i know i'm sure there would be some copyright issues if you wanted to get all those other songs that that's right you know that he yeah. did play you know if, if he was to do a box set like that but i would have loved to have seen that just on its own disc and then you could have there's other songs that he could have put on you know disc without those Ujubus. I actually would have kind of liked to have seen Hiroshima Sky is, is always blue on there since I mean he worked on that right around the same time. Right. Um, you know, then you got the two other uh, Steve Miller songs uh, collaboration, Soul Boy and, and Sweet Home Country Girl. 
uh, Tropic Island Hum, you know, as well, you know, was done right around the same time. And then like, just like a single version of, of Ubu Jubu. I mean, you, so you have, you could have added, you know, another, you know, six songs right there, you know, to replace the, the, um, the Ubu Jubu stuff. So yeah, I, I agree. They kind of don't fit but those songs that are on there, I think are quality, are some really, you know, quality songs. Well, yeah, I, yeah, like I, I liked uh, Love Came Tumbling Down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's, in fact, you know, I was thinking uh, yesterday uh, during the unboxing um, uh, panel uh, at the fest, um, someone who, who shall remain nameless uh, mentioned during the panel, oh, the Phil Ramone sessions, they were all just, 80s production and and really dismiss them and i i mean i liked a lot of what came out of those those uh sessions and this was one of them i i think love came tumbling down was it was really i mean yes it has a bit of an 80s sound but you know so what um, well, i love the 80s <laughs> yeah i still love the 80s i'm an 80s kid i and... love the 80s <laughs> Exactly. And I, I liked it. It had a little bit of a, I don't kind of a new wave sound to it. And it was something different uh, for Paul, uh, this uh, a little bit of a different sound. And that's great. Um, and so, I mean, mm. I wish, you know, I wish Love Came Tumbling Down. I mean, I know it was a B-side of uh, a Beautiful Night uh, or was part of the EP. Uh, but, uh, you know, wish I had more of a life. I mean, and, and then hearing... Um, uh, some of the other stuff he did uh, with Phil Ramon as part of the Ubu Jubu session. I remember right. hearing them when they first were on Ubu Jubu. Uh, I think it was Atlantic Ocean was part of that, right? right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, and I love this house and everything. Those are great. great tracks. I, I mean, so. yeah. And and <laughs> so I don't know why the, the Phil Ramon sessions always, you know, are, are put down. So I'm glad they're here and in better uh, sound quality, you know, as I have those on the Ubu Jubu, uh, you know, it's of course when those aired, I, I taped them all religiously off the radio. Um, and so it's nice to have them here in better quality. And in fact, I would love to have them just as separate tracks, not, not as part exactly. of Ubu Jubu. I would have liked that a lot better. Um, and, uh, and as you said, same love, another, uh, great, uh, highlight looking for you. I, I really, uh, enjoy that's a fun, fun jam. Um, and uh, and I think let's let's uh, we can transition to this because we're kind of doing this already. Um, and then I'm thinking maybe since we're kind of running low on time, maybe we could get to the last uh, three, like the vi the uh, video, the DVD stuff. Maybe we could do that in the next episode okay. uh, because I yeah, maybe we better do that because we're running low and uh, we can do that uh, even with uh, Al Sussman is going to be the guest, our first guest on the next episode. So we could probably we could do it with him because we're going to be Absolutely. talking about. Okay. We're going to be talking about Paul in the next <laughs> episode. So okay. who else, who better can we discuss it with? So so right. we'll do the last part of, of, uh, of our discussion of the box set as part of our next episode. Um, can I just say one more thing? Oh, sure. Uh, go right ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, first no. of all, the, the two Steve Miller songs that you were just talking about, Tom, I'm glad that it was brought up in the book that comes yeah. with uh, uh, Flaming Pie. But um, Steve did say that those weren't finished. Right. So that might True. be a reason why. And they could have been songs that Steve Miller sang lead to. Yeah. So, but I, you know, we don't know. Yeah, but those home demo songs weren't finished either. <laughs> okay. But <I> don't... <laughs> Whoa. Good point. <laughs> but um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is I have a difficult time understanding how Paul decides his bonus tracks. Mm. Because do you yeah. go by the timeline or do you go by what were bonus tracks when the album came out? 
Like for right. example, I, I always like to bring this up. When the, the CD single came out for Put It There, the bonus right. tracks were Mama's Little Girl, recorded right. in 1972, yeah. and Same Time Next Year, time. which was recorded in 1978. So Mama's Little Girl ended up on Red Rose Speedway, where it belongs. Probably same time next year, we'll end up on either London Town or Back to the Egg. Right. But here you have Same Love, which was recorded in 1988. Wasn't recorded the same time as the Flaming Pie Sessions. You know, you have all this Phil Ramone stuff, which was recorded around 1987. You know, that would fit more Flowers in the Dirt or Press to Play. So it makes me wonder why these decisions are made. Was it just maybe there wasn't enough? bonus material from this time period that he had to go and find something else. Right. Uh, I don't know, but I certainly hope that because these songs were put on the Ubu Jubu segments, that doesn't mean we won't get them. You know, I'd love to have these songs in the clear, like you said, uh, right. you know, Kit, like Love Mix and yeah. Atlantic Ocean. And then, you know, I hope that doesn't mean we're going to lose the Phil Ramone stuff on Press to Play, where it really belongs, I think. Right. Right. Yeah, so, good point. That's a yeah, it's a good point. It's a good discussion that we could probably spend another two hours on in another episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, so before we close uh, this out, just uh, uh, quickly, because uh, we've sort of covered this a little bit already, but were there were there things about this box set that you would have liked to have seen, or or the kind of you know disappointed you? Were there were there things that you know? Oh, I was disappointed in some things. Mm -hmm. I'm probably disappointed, but some of those have to do with the DVD stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That stuff, if it's yeah. DVD stuff, we'll save that for the uh, so, But okay. other, yeah, yeah. So we didn't do, we didn't do CD5, a Flaming Pie at the Mill. I don't know if you, if you want to cover all we the can do that. In the, that's a quick That's a quick talk, too. I mean, we could do that with uh, with Sussman as well. All right. So okay. uh, for, then I'll say that, uh, you know, my big, biggest pet peeve, I know you can't have every, but. I don't like seeing stuff download only. I'm not a fan of downloads. I don't care whether they're free. To me, I'm a physical media guy. I like having everything tangible. Altogether, if you're going to have a box, I want it all in there on, on the CD. I'd like to have, like I said before, the some days uh, without the orchestra orchestration. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be nice. Uh, the broomstick instrumental, Calico Skies by the campfire, or whatever else. Um, I just like to have it all together. I, I was not happy with that routine with Flowers in the Dirt, where a lot of the stuff didn't make it. I don't think Flying to My Home made it on there. Right. Some other... It was all the right. download only stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, to me, it's just like air. You know, just you may have it, but it just, poof, it's just air. It's not really there to me. But some people agree, some people don't agree. And they say, well, you can always burn it onto a disc that stick it in the box or something like no no you're paying enough money put it all together especially when you have the extra space yes on the cds anyway yeah yeah right right Tom, like tom say yeah. yeah it's not a matter of lack of space yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's that's yeah and that's one of my gripes too like i said earlier you know 36 minutes on disc two 35 on disc three you know, and, and I just feel like this is the continuous trend that, you know, one of those discs, they got to fit a vinyl record. So we're going to suffer on CD because that vinyl, that third vinyl disc that's on the, the three disc vinyl has to mirror the seat, the third disc on the CD set. 
you know, and it's kind of annoying in a way, you know, those that sign of times Prince box set that's coming out, you know, we're, we're getting what, you know, you know, 10, I think 13 discs or something like that of something all, like that. you know, you know, material that in, 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 they're not really, they don't really care how many vinyls they got to put out. They're just going to fill it all up for us. And so we're really going to get our money's worth that way. But, uh, but yeah, just throughout this whole archive set, you know, those, those two, three discs or whatever it is, you know, unlike the, um, you know, uh, Red Rose Speedway where, you know, we got a really full disc on that, on that mm -hmm. set so that, you know, we can excuse that one. But uh, I, I just think it's unacceptable to leave that much space uh, on a CD. Give us an isolated track like the, like the Imagine set gave us. Give us an isolated uh, right. orchestration. Give us an isolated vocal. You know, give us an isolated bass line if you want to. I don't care. Just, you know, <laughs> Beef it up with something, you know, something different, please. You could have alternate takes of the yeah, studio absolutely. versions. I love yes. alternate takes. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree, Ken. That's that's what I was thinking. There's got to be more out there. There's got to be more alternate takes. I mean, you know, how about some more jam sessions with Steve Miller? I mean, yeah. I, 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 I was surprised there wasn't more with Steve Miller. I, I mean, I want because I will. I love Steve Miller, so I, I would have yeah, loved Steve to have heard. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard more of that. Uh, and then what you were saying earlier about Ubu Jubu, I would, you know, but I guess that might be a separate box set. But yeah, I'd love full Ubu Jubu episodes. But as you said, Tom, maybe copyright issues with some of the songs he played. But yeah, I would love some full Ubu Jubu because I mean, it's nice that we have some snippets of episodes here, but you know, kind of frustrating to just hear chopped up <laughs> versions. Yeah. For those that never heard Ubu Jubu, it's a combination of not just Paul's music. There's a lot of rehearsal stuff of Paul's music too. Sound checks. And yeah, sound checks and all, but favorite music of his and influences of his. Right. And so he's got to get the copyrights on those. Yeah. That's got to be and cleared. So that really complicates things. But um, and the uh, recipe it, segment too with Linda. Yeah. Oh, yes. Cool. Yeah. That's right. Forgot about that. So, yeah, so you just kind of get the nagging. I think we're all kind of saying, or, yeah, there's, you just feel like, I mean, it's great what, what's here, but mm -hmm. you just kind of feel like there's more, there's more yeah. out there and, yeah. and it, that could have been included. I mean, the fact that, you know, you can, you said earlier about the speed of sound where you only got like seven bonus tracks. You can't tell me that there's got there, that there's not an earlier version of silly love songs that could not have gone on that, that, right. could, you know, you know what I mean? There had to have been like three or four different takes of that song, you know, being as popular, I mean, as that song was, you can't tell me that there's not you know, a couple versions of that song that couldn't have gone on that, on that, on that, uh, on that disc. I, I wouldn't have minded alternate takes of every song from Wings at the mm -hmm. Speed of Sound. Right. Give me another, you know, since we have so little of Jimmy McCulloch, you yeah. know, give me a, give me an alternate Wino Junko. I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy we, we with that. We got Beware of My Love on there, right? With John yeah, Beware of My Love. Yeah, with that's John, John Bonner, yeah. That was cool, mm -hmm. you know, but that was, there's that was... so much more. But yeah, yeah you know, exists. yeah, and you know, I don't want to make. I'm sure we all don't want to make it sound like, oh, you know, we're not happy. We're gonna have everything. People go crazy, you know. You, what are you gonna do? Have a hundred discs sometimes in there? Wow. No, but just buy like basically all the extra, the bonus stuff, and right. if they're gonna so, put them out, just put them on disc. Right. So everybody out there that complains, we don't complain. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <that nonsense. laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Well, as you can tell, there is much more to say about Flaming Pie, yeah. and we are going to continue uh, this discussion in our next episode, we, where we are going to welcome a very special guest, a good friend uh, to all of us and to many of you out there, I'm sure, Al Sussman, um, who's the executive editor of uh, Beetle Fan Magazine, and he is, we are going to talk more McCartney uh, with him. He's doing a, a, a two-part uh, Paul McCartney kind of career retrospective for Beetle Fan Magazine, and uh, we are going to talk to him about that, and, uh, and I know he's going to have a lot to say about Flaming Pie as well, so we will finish our discussion, the box set with him, and then talk about his article, so it'll be a great episode. And by the way, I think Flaming Pie is one of Paul's all-time best albums, yes. and he gets to say that. It's in Absolutely. my top five. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a wonderful album. It really is. And, uh, and you know, so it's it's a pleasure. To, it, that's the thing with this box set. It's a pleasure to be able to revisit it again because it is. Right. It's a, it's a, as I said, it's a really special, special album. And, and I agree. One of his best. So, uh, so thank you all for, for joining us to discuss this album tonight. There's, as you can tell, there's a lot to say about it. So we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we are definitely uh, going to continue this conversation next time so uh, so before we go uh we'll just uh, have a quick uh, go around here and uh just talk a little bit about what we're working on and uh so joe why don't you uh, kick it off and let us we, know where we can find you you can subscribe and comment on my channel on youtube me and mr mayo and i'm gonna hopefully be doing a, a, another shot at me being an interviewee with ethan alexanian for his fans on the run because i did one and i had an old headset this thing and uh it didn't sound as good so i think this new one may be an improvement so i'm looking forward to doing that soon <laughs> excellent excellent uh tom how about you you've been up yeah. to a lot yeah hopefully we got a few minutes here uh <laughs> no, we don't um, <laughs> yeah, plastic yeah. ep uh i did that show what a trip that was um you know he's on youtube you can you know go over to plastic ep check that out uh, i also did a show with uh anthony uh Rutuno, i think you pronounce his last name he's, yeah. he does a john centric um podcast called glass onion on john lennon and we reviewed this book writing so high the beatles and drugs which i think is a really interesting book i don't tell people to do drugs but the way that they were able to perform and do so much great music while on drugs and singing about drugs is amazing so check out that book um you know two legs we've been we've been busier busier than ever um we just dropped our last um episode uh, it was uh, on the uh the 90s uh, nine album b-side song so check that out and uh, we also had our uh, last guest two weeks ago tony Traguardo. we talked about the uh, mccartney elvis costello uh collaboration so that was a lot of fun so uh youtube uh paul mccartney uh or you or blah, 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 two legs a paul mccartney podcast we're there podbean itunes iHeartRadio. so check it out fantastic all right ken how about you i'll make this quick uh recently i was on sam wild show paul or nothing talking about flowers in the dirt album check that out that's on podbean uh also things we said today we're actually taking a break this week mainly because darren devivo one of my colleagues was without power for uh from tuesday through saturday wow. and so um he's had trouble just we're, we're our next show is going to be on flaming pie obviously right. so he hasn't really had a chance to delve into everything so we're going to record that next week so we're going to do our review of flaming pie plenty of flaming pie to go around on the yep. internet 
Um, that'll that'll be two legs <laughs> next episode as well. So. Speaking of which, my trivia question on my website, and I happen to have weekly Beatles trivia where you can win one of 10 prizes, is a flaming pie question, which I will mm. put up right after the show ends. So uh, all kinds of great prizes. An accidental studio, the new documentary. The Point recently came out, reissued. Yep. Harry Nilsson Absolutely. Children's Animated yep. Special that Ringo narrated. Mm -hmm. um, Dave Burrell's book, Run Out Groove. We might have him <laughs> as a guest on this show. Yes, we Capital will, yeah. Promotions Man in the 80s. Worked on uh, Press to Play and Flowers in the Dirt, promoting it. Men Love Avenue, live in New York City. Lots of Beatles stories he could tell. So you can win that on my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. And uh, every little thing, find out all the radio stations that broadcast that show uh, on my every little thing page on my website. Um, gives you all the stations, broadcast times, links to the stations. If you like thematic sets, which we talked about on our panel yesterday on, mm. uh, you know, talking about all these different genres, reggae sets, you know, country music sets. I do that on the show. That's just a common thing. And you get to hear the music and learn about it. So um, that's all on my website, every little thing page, kenmichaelsradio.com. And that is all. All right. I uh, snuck that in. Yes, snuck it. From your favorite album. That's right. <laughs> favorite go. song. Favorite song. There you go. Oh, oh um, and uh, as for me, uh, as always, you can uh, reach me on my Facebook page, Kiddo Tools Keynotes. Um, I'm on Twitter at Kiddo Tool. Uh, this episode will be up on uh, on YouTube and uh, Podbean and everywhere uh, you can imagine on uh, every pod uh, podcasting platform you can think of uh, later this week. Um, I will uh, soon. I'm not quite sure when it'll go up but I will be on Paul or Nothing. Uh, we had a blast talking about Give My Regards to Broad Street. Um, I want to do a show on that one, one day. Yeah, we yeah. should do we it. Will. We, we, we will. We'll get around to it all. We will. We will. We have, oh yeah, we've got a lot to, lot to get to on this show. So uh, that should be going up in the near future. I'll let you know uh, when, that, uh, when that goes up. Uh, I have a weekly show with, uh, with Plastic EP, kind of just an informal sort of chit chat. It's kind of, it's fun. Um, and it's usually once a week. It's kind of the day kind of differs. It depends uh, when we can get together. And so, uh, so just keep an eye on Plastic EP's uh, Facebook page um, if, uh, you know, you don't subscribe to it, just hit the like button. Um, and of course, subscribe to our page. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at uh, TalkMoreTalk1. Uh, you can also email us at TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. Um, like us uh, and on uh, YouTube, of course, subscribe to our channel and rate us on uh, any of the podcasting uh, platforms you use. The more you rate us, the higher ranked and uh and uh <laughs> and uh, we really really like that uh and uh, also as i said please subscribe to our channel and spread the word to your your friends your family your enemies whoever uh whoever you'd <laughs> like <laughs> and uh so thank you so much all of you for uh, for joining us for uh this special edition of talk more talk and we can't wait to see you next time so for Tom Hunyadi, Ken Michaels, Joe Mayo, this is Kid O'Toole, 
And as Paul said, after finishing recording Calico Skies, that's the way to do an album. See you next time. <laughs> cool. Bye-bye. What?